check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Craig here with Nick. This week, we look back at the Xavier loss and the loss to Connecticut and look ahead to the DePaul and Marquette matchups this week, as well as where the Johnny's resume stands as of today. Nick, just me and you tonight. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm feeling better than uh, some of the other people on our podcast. That's why we're both here. Yeah, luckily we're the only two that made it out right now. So um, you just get the two of us. So you get. Well, it's Super Bowl week, Nick. So uh, our question for the day, usually Vincent makes these up, but here we go on the fly. Um, who do you got in the Super Bowl? It's number one. Uh, number two, because you know me, I can't just pick one thing. I like to do multiple <laughs> things. Uh, There's no rules feed? on this pod. And that's right. Vince is not here to yell at me, so I can do what I want. Um, what's your favorite prop bet to bet during the Super Bowl? Uh, all right. So my pick for sure, I'm picking the Chiefs without a doubt. I'm sure. a Chargers fan. I hate the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win for sure. They're doing it back to back. Taylor Swift Fair. won album of the year. Kelsey's yeah. going to win the Super Bowl. It's it's going to be a it's going to be what everybody match, wanted. It's going to be a match made in heaven. What the, what the U.S. economy needs. Um, okay. I would tend to agree with you. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win mostly because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I, I hate I, – I think the 49ers are a better team. But um, their defense have been, has been lackluster in the playoffs a little bit. Um, but my favorite prop bet – so it's a, <laughs> it's a literal toss-up. Um, one, <laughs> one between – uh, the coin flip and the Gatorade color. Okay, those okay. are my two favorite. I, I I do them every time. I'm a big coin flip guy. I love the coin flip. It's it's a fifty fifty chance. Not my favorite one to bet though. My favorite one to bet personally, hmm. national anthem over under, which they Ooh. took away last year. It's because that guy because that guy recorded it. Yeah, I know, but that's fun. That's a fun one. Mind. That's a fun one. I like that one. The Gatorade color is hard for me. I know I struggle with the Gatorade color. It's it's pretty. It's a crapshoot. I mean, sometimes like when they're all crapshoots, right? For a certain, a certain yeah. amount, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. But like you know, people like look into you know what they like last year when the Chiefs won it, right? People were like, oh, what did they when they won it? You know, four years ago prior, what color was it? And they bet that color, and it was a different color. Right. So like it doesn't really matter, and it doesn't matter what they use it's in the AFC Championship or the NFC Championship, depending on the team. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's just it's it's good doing the. It's fun. I it's like fun. Yeah, bets. the prop bets are almost more fun to to bet on than the other stuff. The, Although last year I won a lot of money on the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and a little parlay that that hit. We love that. I bet on Mahomes playing pad, and it worked. <laughs> we love anyway. we love hitting parlays. There's nothing yeah. like it. Well, it was a tough week in St. John's basketball world. Um, you had two games: uh, Xavier, and Connecticut, both lost both of them. Uh, so that was not a good, good, not definitely not a, not what we were looking for. Nope. Uh, first, we started off with Xavier on Wednesday after a long week off, um, and that game frankly just didn't go great. Um, really, from the start of the game to the end of the game, we just frankly we were unlucky. I, I want to say we're unlu- we were unlucky in a yeah. lot of things. Um, there were a couple moments of classic St. John's luck, um, at critical moments that were really painful um but overall there were other things that were much more problematic that really turned this thing first of all we lost the rebounding battle uh 44 34 that's not good we're one of the better rebounding teams in not only the east conference but in the nation so 
if we're losing a big uh, rebounding battle, that is a problem for us. We're not going to win many games like that. Uh, but the big number that you're going to circle on the stat sheet is uh, shooting 14% from the three-point line, 2 of 14. Yeah. That's horrendously bad uh, and hard to win games in the modern uh, college game with, with only making two three-pointers the whole game. It's just it's just really, really hard to do. Especially when uh, it's supposed to be a point of emphasis on our offense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Xavier, on the other hand, was 7 of 19, shot 30, 37%. So uh, as Rick Pitino said in, in one of his early press conference, you know, the three is a weapon if you defend it. Uh, if you're giving up more threes than you're making, it's not a weapon. It's, it becomes a detriment. And in this game, it certainly was a detriment. Yeah. Um, just to highlight some of the players from the game, um, two players stood out, frankly. Uh, and it's the two players you would imagine stood out. Uh, Dennis Jenkins uh, had 25 points. He had only two assists, but he was 11 for 17 from the field. That's yeah, he was pretty, pretty efficient. Uh, two of five from three-point lane. So he was the only two guy to make a three-pointer for us. And the other guy, obviously, Joel Seriano, who went for 21 and 15, 21 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, so he did his part on the, on the rebound again. Uh, the, the problem, really, for us was that it was not a lot of weaponry to be found. Uh, Jordan Dingle was the only other uh, Johnny in double figures. He had 12 points. He actually went, got the free throw line. He was 8 of 10 for the free throw line. So that was, you know, he did get to the basket a lot and get fouled. Uh, but just overall, not a great performance from our Johnnies. No, it really wasn't. And like you said, a lot of the, most of the game, we were just unlucky. Like it would bounce their way. Everything was bouncing their way. It would tip off one guy up over to a wide open guy for three. Uh, just yeah. it, All the little things were just like, you got to be kidding me. It's going to be one of these games. It was it was one of those games. I mean, it was like a classic. And the three players talking about it at the, towards the end. Yeah. You know, so in case you know the game flow of this. So we you know we were down most of the game around six seven, hovering around six seven eight points. Yeah. We'd cut it down to five. They'd get it back to nine. You know, back and forth and back and forth. They never really could get any traction. Uh, and then we made a run it, it, towards the end of the second half, and we cut it to. I want to say we cut it. We tied. We we got it tied. Um, we actually tied the game with at 73, 73 with four minutes to go. 350, 359. Jenkins made a shot and that tied the game. But from that point forward, Xavier went on a fifteen to two run. Or fifteen to four run, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the end of the game. That and, was the end of the game, yeah. And part of that, there were some plays in that, including the the play we were talking about, where we get a stop. There's two seconds left on. We get a block. There's two seconds left on the shot clock. The ball bounces out to Oliveri, who's wide open for three, and yeah. bangs it as the time expires. And plays like that, when it was a two point game, we were getting, about to get the ball back. Instead, he makes it a five point game, and then then James compounded it and that kind of stuff. So just overall, not you know, not what we were looking for. Yeah, I was. We played solid defense, and a lot, a lot of times in that game, especially in the second half, we, the shot clock was down to like under five seconds left. We played solid defense, and then like they would shoot up a prayer, or they would like you know, it was just very frustrating of a game. It was a very frustrating game. It was a game that you felt like we kept kept trying to get back into, but we just couldn't. Um, and credit Xavier, they needed that game for yeah. their own tournament hopes, uh, and they got it. Um, We're in the same but, position as them, but it definitely a disappointing result for St. John's. You know, it's a game that we, on paper, you were hoping we would win. We beat them by fifteen here. You know, yeah. obviously didn't expect to beat them by fifteen 
in Cincinnati, but was hoping we'd at least sneak away with the win. And unfortunately, we did not do that. I just want to say, I thought it was a little interesting that Wiltshire only played three minutes when he started, and Taylor only played 11 minutes when he started in the Xavier game. Uh, they, they had you know, Dumlau come off for 12, RJ Lewis come off for 14, Dingle come off for 28, Aline for 11. Uh, I mean, even Triori for nine more than Wilcher. Every, everybody more yeah. than Wilcher. I, I just thought it was interesting that they started at him and then they only played in three minutes. It's probably it's the only three minutes that he played at this, this start. Yeah, that is interesting. Definitely something to, to look forward to because I actually don't think going now as we go forward, I don't think he played very much in the UConn game. I'm pretty sure he played only – I don't think he played at all actually in the UConn game. So something to, to pay attention to as we go forward. Um, so that was the Xavier loss. Uh, unfortunately, that was not great for us. And then we headed into a tough matchup at the Garden versus number one UConn, uh, a game obviously that's been circled on the calendar since uh, Rick Pitino tried to uh, push next year's UConn game away from the Garden and uh, at Carnegie Arena. So UConn fans definitely were had this one circled. They you know, like to pretend that the Garden is their home, which is obviously not, but they like to feel – like they have something cool they can do because Connecticut's not cool. So, um, so there's that. So that game was circled in. Unfortunately for us, uh, we put up a good fight, um, but ultimately, look, UConn's the number one team in the nation, and they came out on top. Um, just to look back on some stats for this one, uh, again, the leaders of the team, Jenkins, had 19 points, six assists. He played the best on the team, I would say, overall. Um, yeah. Uh, from just watching the game. Uh, the other people in double figures were RJ Lewis had 11 and Chris Ledlam had 10. Soriano did not have a great game. He was only six points, four rebounds. Uh, he struggled with the big men from UConn. Yeah, they, they doubled him most of the game. That's true. And, and Klingon, I mean, they. it's funny because Klingon didn't have a great game either. He only had five points, five rebounds himself, so and, and two blocks. But you could tell they were really fighting down low the whole time. There was a true battle going on between the bigs down low. And yeah. it, it was it was fun to watch, but let me just kind of talk about Jenkins a little bit because he came out of the gate ready to go, angry, which we don't get yeah. a lot at, at a noon game for uh, for the Johnnies. But sadly, it, it wasn't enough. Yeah, I agree. Jenkins, um, Jenkins did come to play. I mean, he, he had a good game. Um, the rest of the team, you know, look, it, it's a tough game playing the number one team in the nation. Let's yeah. be completely honest. Uh, but I thought we had a little, little bit of hope there. We got their two big guys in foul trouble. One of them fouled out. Um, yeah. So there was an opening there. Unfortunately for us, Cam Spencer and Tristan Newton and Stephen Castle had something else to say about it. They had 23 for Spencer, uh, 21 for Castle, and 18 for Newton. And those guys consistently killed us all day long. Um, another big stat to look at, UConn, 47% from the three-point line, 7 of 15. St. John's, 4 of 14, 28%. Um, frankly, that's a no and zero made three-pointers in the second half. Um, this game was really a tale of two halves. Uh, first half, the Johnnies played really well, went blow for blow with the number one team in the nation, up one at the half. Can't ask for much more. No, I mean, when we were sitting there at halftime, I'm going like, I just signed up for this in a second. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you figured Soriano would get it going at some point in the second half. Uh, unfortunately, they did a great job of triple, double and triple teaming him every time he touched the ball. To you know, to their credit, they were not going to let Joel Soriano beat them. Um, 
but ultimately in the second half, you know, we got essentially outscored by 14 points. Um, and you just, you know, really not, didn't have the fight in the second half, I think, that we had in the first half. Yeah, we didn't. And we also just, we really, we truly lack a shooter. We don't have anybody that, we don't have anybody I trust to really even make a three-pointer, right? Like Dunlap finally hit one again. Yeah. Uh, Jenkins, I trusted Jenkins yesterday. I would trust Jenkins mostly. I trust Jenkins I, generally. He was the guy I would say if I had to take a three, he's the guy I would have to take. Right. I wish I wish it'd be Dingle too because you know he was promised to be that a little bit. He Fair. can't. Uh, I don't have the same confidence level in Dingle that I have in Jenkins. I don't either. I'm just saying he was supposed to be, right? No, I, no, I'm just okay. Uh, we we're we're lacking that, and and that's that that hurts us in, at, towards the end of the games, right? When you need something, you need a spark. You don't have a guy you can turn to and say, all right, he's going to get us a bucket. We don't have that guy. It's Soriano. But when they're double, triple teaming him, yeah, you, you can't kick it out to somebody. There's nobody to – you don't trust anybody to pass it out to. No, I. it's it's a fair point. And look, the three-point shooting has, especially in this recent slide that we've had, has not really been up to par, and that is a problem. It is, it is significantly a problem. One thing I definitely want to say about the game, you know, there was a lot of talk, obviously, before about uh, St. John's and UConn fans in the Garden. Um, I have to say, first of all, the game was sold out, 100% sold out, top, bottom, great. The bridge. Uh, the bridge. Every, yeah, it was, it was a packed house. It was exciting. You know, it really felt like a big game atmosphere. Um, and I got to be honest, the crowd was actually a very pro-St. John's crowd. Um, I, you know, I was afraid it might be severely UConn. Yeah, it was not. St. John's fans showed up were were loud. Um, the lower bowl was almost entirely St. John's, if you, except for of course the people directly in front of us, because for whatever reason, the row in front of us is always members of the opposite team. I don't really yeah. know why that is. Always, um, but it is unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and and unfortunately, we had UConn fans who were. Well, about as obnoxious as UConn fans always are, frankly. So, really, nothing to be surprised about. But they were, yeah, they certainly, were, uh, they were the epitome of what you would expect a UConn student, or I guess alumni and former student, former yeah. student, and dad also was a student there because he yeah, was yeah. there too, and he definitely went to UConn too. Oh yeah, he did, he did. Well, he probably actually didn't. He probably lives in Connecticut, which is actually you know even worse. Yeah. Um, he moved there after the fact. I did like the little um, terrible towels they gave out. The little it was red good. Towels were nice. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. It was definitely a good environment, and I think really credit to St. John's fans. Frankly, it, it really was loud, and it was. It did feel like a home atmosphere. It did. Um, it was loud. Look, UConn didn't. The UConn fans really didn't get loud until you know when the game was in hand towards the end. They did, but you yeah. know what? That's gonna happen. They, um, they, there's nothing we can do about the fact that UConn's that close. They kept their tail between their legs until they were decisively up, and then they started yeah. chanting. Yeah, so you know what? Let's see how that goes. I, I was very pleasantly surprised about that. Um, one other point I want to talk about for this, too. Uh, I guess UConn, they're now, they don't miss free throws ever. Yeah, um, right. They shot with 20 straight free throws in a row or something like that before they missed one when it didn't matter because they were up by like 10. It was it was literal insanity. Good for them. I mean, not really, but good for them. Um, again, yeah, I was. It was. <laughs> I mean, that's something that we haven't done well. Sixty eight percent for us, not great. Fourteen to twenty one. You know, those are some valuable points. 
Uh, anyway, look, it wouldn't have changed this outcome of this game. But free throw shooting has – we've struggled. We have struggled in, in big spots um, with free throw shooting. And hopefully – but it could come back to haunt us. Hopefully it uh, doesn't. Hopefully it does it. Hopefully it doesn't. Not hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing, talk about you – know, we were out-rebounding in this game. Again, when we lose a rebounding battle, it is a problem for us. Yeah. Uh, and that's, so that's not good. Well, that was that was a credit um, to them, double and triple teaming yeah. Soriano. And Ledlin was doing a good job of trying to be the support. And I got to give him credit. As much as he annoys me sometimes that he tries to play the same role as Soriano, it was a good thing that he was there the other day because yeah. we needed somebody to while Soriano was getting double teamed. True, true. Well, look, I think here's my thoughts on it. We can, we can talk about this a little. We'll talk about this in a little bit. But look, I think playing you're playing the number one team in the nation, it's house money. Whatever happens, happens. We put up a good fight. No one's gonna fault you for losing to them. Big opportunity. Yeah, I... yes. Big opportunity, sure. Would have changed the dynamic of our rest of our season if we'd won that game on Saturday. But ultimately not the end of the world, just not something the opposite. But I hate losing to UConn, I hate making their fans happy. You know, yeah, I, I agree. Would've loved to see him leave early, uh, with their tail between their legs. But unfortunately we didn't get it done. Um uh, but we move on. So uh now let's talk about on a depressing week. Uh, who was the spotlight player of the week for this week? Only two votes, so uh, I don't know. I guess we'll Could. have AI. We'll have AI decide the third and final vote for Todd. Yeah, right. Chat GPT will, will be the the deciding vote. We'll put in the Vincent and Tim's personalities. So I guess no. <laughs> we'll put him all their prior picks in. We'll feed them the St. John's. Right. We'll feed. That's right. We'll feed them the stats and they get paid. That'd be interesting, all right. actually. All right, Nick, you're gonna go first because it's only you and me. All right. Uh, I'm going to – I think it's easy. I'm going to go with Jenkins this week. Uh, Jenkins was, as we said earlier, he was one of the only guys who showed up for the UConn game, who showed out for the UConn game. Um, and the Xavier game, he was very pivotal. Uh, he did have more turnovers in the past two games than he has in the games prior, um, which is something that we've noted that he's improved. But still, he's turned it up shooting-wise, which is something that we probably need a little more. I'll take a turnover or two if we can get two to three more baskets. Uh, so I, I think I'm going Jenkins. I'm, I don't think I'm going Jenkins. I'm going Jenkins. <laughs> uh, that, no, that's all, all those are great points. Uh, so unfortunately, we're not going to have to go to chat GPT this week because uh, I have to agree with you in the sense that Jack, Jenkins is definitely the spotlight player of the week this week. Uh, the only other person really in consideration was Joel Soriano because of the game he had against Xavier. Um, but he, once you compare the UConn games, you kind of have to go Jenkins. Uh, Jenkins has that mentality too. I just he's got to be the spotlight player of the week. Yeah, he had that. He had the spark during the UConn game where I was like, oh wow, like he's mad, like he's he has a purpose, like he's angry, he's on a mission. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So I think Jenkins uh, is a no brainer this week. So Dennis Jenkins, spotlight player of the week. How many times has he won it? Jenkins has won it. Aren't you supposed to be keeping track? Oh, well, I'm supposed to be keeping track. Whoops. Um, you were. Jenkins has won. Am I? Jenkins has won it three times. Okay. I think Soriano still has the thing. Close. I mean, maybe all time. I don't know about this year. Got to look back. I think Jenkins. I think Jenkins won three. Soriano's won two. I got to look back. Craig, why? What are we paying you all this money for if you're not? <laughs> you know, you're right. Take, you take it back, my, part of my salary. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now we're going to take a look. Now that we looked at back, let's look forward. Um, 
I think from now really until the end, we need to continuously look at the state of St. John's basketball and see where we're at. Uh, obviously, the tournament is coming up in a month, a little more than a month. So we need to see where we're at. I know there is obviously a lot of panic going on uh, around St. John's world. And that is, you know, par for the course for us. That's who we are. Uh, we like to be nervous and we've been hurt before. We've been um, here. It's not our first rodeo. Here. Not our first rodeo. You know, uh, we're all waiting for that dark cloud. So I get it. I, I do get the concern. Um, but we need to look at it and you know, let's see, see where we're at. Um, right now, St. John's is 43 in the net rankings. Um, we are seven and eight in quad one and two games, two and seven in quad one games. Um, we in bracket matrix, which I, you know, I preach that all day. I think we got to get a sponsor from them. Right. Uh, they have us currently sitting at a, the highest rated nine seed. Um, and that includes, uh, you know, and then the latest bracketology, which so far we haven't seen the ones factored in after the UConn loss. But as I said before, I can't imagine losing at home to UConn, the number one team in the nation, would really have that much of an impact on our seeding. Uh, we were currently an eight in the athletic. Uh, we were nine in uh, ESPN. So what do you think, Nick? Where where are we at with those stats after this week? Where do we stand? I don't know. Are we talking in terms of like the tournament? Obviously. You I'm talking, we're definitely talking. We're talking about. Yeah, because you didn't say right, let, let me rephrase this question. I was going to say you threw a lot of numbers at me. <laughs> threw a lot of numbers at you. Sorry about that. Stats, you know. Um, is this team, will this team make the tournament? I think we ultimately do. Uh, I think we squeak in. I think we're one of the last four in, probably. Uh, okay. Well, actually, I, I don't think really. I don't know. That would be. That would mean we would struggle down the stretch, because cur- currently we're a nine. Let's say let's go off that. Currently we're a nine seed. So you're talking about dropping two seed line. If you believe we're a nine, which is you can do, you can and they were not, but I don't know. See, I could. I see. I see the season going two different ways. Okay. I there's one version where I see us uh, losing just to the ranked opponents that we play, right? Okay. And then we beat you know uh, Georgetown twice. We beat um, we play who who else we play? We play DePaul. So why, we why don't we talk about that? We break it down. So right. we have we 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 are five and six in the Big East right now meaning that there are nine more games to go. We're eighth in the Big East also, just for reference. Okay. We're eighth in the Big East. Five and six in conference. We have nine games left. Four of those games, two against DePaul, two against Georgetown. In my opinion, you cannot lose any of those games under any circumstances. Those are quad four losses. If you lose any of those games, that's a different story. Yeah. Then we're talking about a whole different realm. Of I, I think that's that's what we're talking about last then four. We're in, for- then we're in real trouble. If we lose any of those four games, that's a huge problem. Yeah. You agree? I agree. So, and it's scary they, that there's four of them. There's four of those. It's four. Basically, like like minefield game. Like you're playing minefield mine. Games, 100%. So you take those four games, add that on. So now, if you take those four games, you're nine and six. Okay? You have five games left at Marquette, at Butler, and at Providence, home against Creighton, and home against Seton Hall. Those are really the five games that will make our season. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. If you win three of those games, you're, in my opinion, it's, you're no doubter. 
you're no doubt totally insane. Yeah, if you were yeah. if you win if you win three any of those three, any of those three, I think you're no doubt totally insane. If you win two of those games, we're gonna sweat. I think you still make it, but I think you sweat. Yeah, I could I could get behind that. Because then you're talking what if you win three of those games, on top of winning the other games, you're talking seven more wins, right? You're talking seven more wins out of three, yeah. That would be seven out of our last. We have nine games left, so we're talking Correct. seven seven out of our last nine. You'd be twelve and eight in conference. That puts twelve and eight. That probably puts us about what six in the conference. Twenty twenty wins in the twenty wins on the season. Twelve and eight in the conference probably puts you in the top five. I would imagine in the conference. Yeah. Well, we got to. Well, I don't know about that, but I, yeah, it, I'll probably, I think probably five, five six. I would say five six. Um. Yeah, I can get behind that. That's my that's my opinion. My point being is that as long as we don't again, we just can't. I'm sorry, we just can't lose to a DePaul or to Georgetown because those are explosive no, uh, losses. And if we look, if we lose two of them, I don't know if we make the tournament. If we lose two of them, I don't think we make the tournament. Even if it's to DePaul twice or like you know what I mean, like we can't lose two of them. Yeah, we can't lose. First of all, I don't, we can't lose one of them. If we if lose, lose one. One of them, you severely you're sp- hamper your chance. Then we're talking, like, I guess we'd we need be, a lot of help. Well, we need to we need to win one. We need to win a game or two in the Big East tournament. That yeah. that's what we'd have to do. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, that's what we, that's to, what we would have to do. Those two teams are very bad. They're really, really bad. You cannot lose those teams, frankly, in my opinion. You, if you lose those games, which we have one coming up, it changes the complexion of the conversation entirely. Yeah, in my opinion, I'm assuming those are going to be wins. You have to make the assumption those. If those aren't wins, then that's a different. That's an entirely right. different world we're living in. You have to assume those are wins, and if those are wins, it's very doable to win those games. Doesn't mean we will. By the way, I'm not. I think we can. I think we can beat anybody. Right. I, I think we can. I don't know if we Do, can. I think we could. You think we could Man, be Houston? I was talking to the Big East, but okay, yeah, I would agree with that. I was talking to the Big East, although I don't know that you could say that about UConn, but I think we could. We played them not at full strength twice, and they beat us both times. I still don't think and, we're. I don't think we're point to show that that we can't beat them. I don't think we're not. I don't think we're playing our best basketball right sure. now. That's right. And look, I understand the worry. I understand the concern. It has been a rough stretch. It has been a very, very rough stretch. We played our toughest. Um, we have played a, a lot of ranked opponents and a lot of road games. A lot of ranked opponents. And, and look, we said it when we talked about the Big East breakdown. This was the hardest part of our schedule. It does get lighter from here. Yeah. So after the Marquette look, we, game, it's like it's like a whole new view. So let's see where we're at in a couple weeks and reevaluate. Not that we don't reevaluate every moment of every day right i would say let's take some let's a little patience and, and just for the record it's rick patino so even if this season doesn't turn out the way we all want it to which is obviously what we all want we're gonna be okay in rick we trust in rick we trust that has not changed he, listen we, he hasn't even had well this is his first full recruiting season yeah like no, yeah, he, we slapped the team together, which was very impressive. I during one of the games, they said it on on TV that we are one of three teams that have more than like eight or nine transfers. 
right. and the other three teams are like awful. Sure. We're talking about making the tournament. He's doing a pretty good job in his first season. Right. Right. And look, I understand. And, and no, you're fine. And we have two four-star guys coming in next season in Glover and Maker. So, we, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I wish we were in a better in a better spot than we are right now. But I, I don't think at all this season's a failure. And I don't think we have anything to panic about at all right now, currently. No. I mean, certainly this season's not a failure. Look. If this team makes a tournament, even if by the skin of their teeth and they're let and they're, that is still a, an overwhelming success for the first year. I mean, look, yes, NIL changes the timeline a lot of these things, right? It does make it seem like you can turn it around very quickly, and you can, by the way, it's possible. You can. It's hard. It's possible, but in reality, having a base of kids that stay from this year's team to next year's team. And bring in some other high level transfers and some that will make a better team next year than it would this year. I mean, it's just that's just how it works. And look, things will change, but you don't know who's coming available in the portal either. Right. So let's take a deep breath. Everything will be okay. We want Rick Petito. We got Rick Petino. Let's let Rick cook, as they say. So that's where we are right now. Um, and now we need to look ahead to a very critical game, not a very um Probably not, hopefully not a very entertaining game, but a very important game for us at UBS Arena on Tuesday night. We played DePaul at UBS Arena at 6.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Um, DePaul's not good. Let's just get that <laughs> out of the way. They are just, frankly, really, really, really not good. Um, they fired their coach midseason. Tony Stubblefield is now gone. Um question is will they hire dave lieto for the third time and hope that he <laughs> the third time is a charm uh they may who knows you know it's the paul man who, who they're crazy that would be that would be something they won't do that it would be hilarious but he would have to ask for a lot if i'm him i'm asking for a lot of money if they ask <laughs> if they come back to me the paul is three and 19 on the season uh on the season <laughs> uh, not in conference uh they are 315 in the net uh, just really, really bad. They have no wins outside of quad four. So, uh, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty, uh, pretty bleak over in, uh, well, I guess they're not Chicago, but pretty bleak over in, in Chicago. They're Chicago. Oh, you're right. They're in Take Chicago. That. They used to play in Rosemont, but now they play in downtown Chicago. You're right. They do play in downtown Chicago. You're right. My bad. Um, well, let's give you their players to look out for, um, Chico Carter Jr. leads the team in scoring with 11 um, points a game. Deshaun Nelson is the other uh, DePaul Blue Demon that uh, averages double figures at 11 points a game as well. Um, what do we need to do to beat DePaul, Nick? <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, to be fair, we're on a two-game losing streak ourselves, and we've lost four of our last five, so we're not. We need to win this game. We need to, We need to come together as a team. We need to play team basketball. That's what sure. we need to do. We need to find ourselves again. Because this is a game where we can... I mean, obviously, we can't sleep. Again, this isn't a game we can lose, right? So we can't try to get cute, playing and messing around, trying new sets and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then we lose, right? That's not an option. Uh, but I, I think we got to, you know, play team basketball. Maybe we can get somebody who can shoot a three or two. Maybe Dunlap could come back alive. The resurgence... I'm I'm hoping for it every time the ball goes up in his hands. Um, True. I I mean, 
Soriano does his thing. Jenkins does his thing. I don't think we're going to have a hard time beating DePaul, frankly. Uh, no. They are the worst rebounding team in the Big East. Uh, they score the lowest amount of points in the Big East. Uh, they turn the ball over the most in the Big East. Um, <laughs> they don't have they a... shoot better three. They shoot better from three point land than us. God, so, God. there's that. Um, so that's not great. Uh, I would agree with you, Nick. Uh, DePaul is not. Someone, they have three wins on the season. Uh, not a team we should. Um, struggle against a team we should really frankly handle very easily um the team we have to handle as we talked about before it is this game while shouldn't be close is extremely critical a loss here is changing the trajectory of this season so we cannot under any circumstances lose this game to DePaul also just want to reiterate how bad DePaul is uh they're still searching for their first biggies win this season on top of being the worst in every single statistical category You're right, Nick. They have not won a Big East game. Um, in fact, the last win they have was against Chicago State on December 30th, uh, which means they have not won a game yet in 2024. And three wins on the season, Chicago State, South Dakota, and Louisville, because Louisville is also awful. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Look, this game comes at a perfect time for St. John's. We need to get right. We need to get back on the winning ways. I think this is an important game for us to get our heads right, get back on the winning path, and then head on to a more important game uh, against Marquette later in the week. So let's get on to that. That Marquette game is Saturday, February 10th at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Let's still get Marquette. I know we looked at them before because we played them here in the Garden, but they're led by Tyler Kolick, who averages 15 points a game and 7 assists. He's a prime player of the year candidate. Uh, they also have Oso Igodaro, who... He played really well against the Garden. It really was a, a thorn in our side. He averages 14 points and seven rebounds a game. He, he will be the main uh, foil to Joel Soriano here uh, next Saturday. Um, Marquette does a lot good. Uh, they're 8-3 in conference. Uh, most bracketologists have them pegged as a three seed. Um, and, and if they play their cards right, they can even uh, move up. Um, they're second in conference just behind UConn. Uh, Marquette's good. And they, they're the defending Big East tournament champions. Uh, and look, looking back, we almost beat them. Um, so do I think this is – we only lost by one point. Um, on a buzzer beater. On a buzzer beater. Oh, a missed buzzer and, beater by us. Correct, correct. A so, heartbreaking you know, loss. A heartbreaking loss. A heartbreaking loss. And, that had, and we a, had that game. We did. We did. And it would have been a huge one. Um to get but we didn't get it so now look we got to go in their building and hopefully we can sneak away with a win uh by the way a game that while it's one of the five that we need to win three of not necessarily highest on my priority list because look a marquette win on the road would be a quad one win it will be a signature win and hopefully a win we can come away with um but we will see that is a tough place to play against a very good team so we'll see how our johnnies come out in that game as as much um, as much as Losing to DePaul would be an awful loss and changing the whole trajectory of the season. Beating Marquette on the road would be such a great win that it would change our trajectory for at least the RCAA, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, if we were to beat that Marquette game, now we're talking about a different conversation of where we're Right, at. exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, to your point, change trajectory is 100% change trajectory. Now we're thinking about, okay, how high can we get seeding wise? Not necessarily, are we going to sneak in? Yeah. Um, Last when we played them, just some stats, R.J. Lewis had a spectacular game, scored 20 points, 
Uh, he led the way. Jenkins had 16, uh, Ledham 13, and Soriano 11. So we really had a very balanced scoring attack, and that will be needed again uh, when we play Marquette because they can come at you in waves, um, and they have a lot of guys who can score. Right? They have four guys that average uh, double-digit uh, scoring. Wow. They have, you know, they have Kolek, Cam Jones, Osiris Gadar, and David Joplin all average above 10 points a game. So they have some very balanced scoring attacks. So, you know, it's an uphill battle, but it's one I think we can win. Look, we only lost to them, like you said, by one point. I thought we should be able, you know, we were in that game. Uh, so hopefully we can sneak away with a win on Saturday. So looking at this game, I think uh, one of the key things for us is something that we've struggled with the last few games is our three-point shooting. If we can put that number somewhere in the 30s, we'll be in really good shape, and it could, you know, it could be a game that we can sneak away with a win against Marquette. If we're not there, uh, we have an uphill bottom of the climb. I mean, last time I played them, we only shot 24%. So imagine if we shot 30. Right. It would be a completely different game. So that would be my key to the game is if we can get some three-point shooting. Nick, what's your key to the game? Uh, I think I think my key to the game is going to be uh, – I mean, Soriano is the key to my game. So I guess really the battle between Soriano and Oso Igudaro. Um, listen, uh, Oso is – he was projected, you know, not projected. He was put on the wooden watch list. Uh, Soriano was put on the the center of the year watch list, and I'm well. Iguodaro is not a center; he's a forward, so he didn't get on that list. Um, he, he's probably on the forward list if I had to take a guess. But that's going to be a very important battle down low, as we all know. Soriano is very important for our offense. It's going to be two. It's going to be a spectacular battle down low. It's just going to be. A, it's going to be fun to watch, just like how we watch Klingon against Soriano, against UConn, and it was, I mean, I watched it, I paid attention to it, it was a fun battle to watch down low. I anticipate more of that. Igudar is better than Klingon. Igudar is probably going to be in the NBA. Igudar is also a different type of big man, in a sense that it's a different kind of battle. Soriano and Klingon are similar in the way they play. Igudar plays more like a forward in a certain sense. Um, So it is an interesting challenge for Joel Soriano. I, I would agree with that. And I, I think also, um, to your point, the rebounding battle will be important, as it always is for us. Yeah. If we out-rebounded them last time, if we don't out-rebound them this time, we will struggle. So uh, I think that's a great point. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week. Um, we have Hopefully this week is better than last week, so fingers crossed, everybody. Hopefully we're coming back next time. We're talking about a great week and we got really it. resetting uh, where we've been. we we got to at least go one and one. Yeah, I was gonna say, easy, well, like, we, we better, better go at least one. go one and one. <laughs> Hopefully, we we're two one. and zero oh at the Hopefully end. Hopefully, we're this. two and zero, oh, and then we're really celebrating, uh, celebrating next week. All right, and that'll do it for this episode. So for Nick, I'm Craig. Go Johnnies, keep chasing.